0: Welcome back for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles, bringing you the best TV shows and movies weekly in an easily digestible podcast packed with laughs by me, Ross Bolin, and my dear friend, Mr. Barrett Dudley Barrett. How are you today?
1: Um, I'm good. Um, what I am is just, I'm also just really, really shocked and impressed because uh, I picked you up today and mm-hmm. you got in my car at nominally 10 till, 10 till one. Uh, it's 125. Nominally. Uh, you have been enjoying the same Juiceland smoothie since you got in the car, and this is, frankly, shocking. I, I don't know about, about, uh, about the clan fam and the listeners out there, uh-huh. but when I get a delicious smoothie, you you go in on it, uh, it takes me all of, like, four minutes to drink. I cannot, I, I cannot pace myself on a smoothie. I, I, it's impossible. So, so many... Many accolades for you, sir, for uh, for savoring and enjoying this thing. It's it's still damn near full. Like Jared, what? I just what do you? Took what do what, 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 been... what, what are you doing over here? How are you? Just what are you taking little tiny
0: uh, baby sips? I was letting it marinate, you know, <laughs> just nursing it a little bit, uh, letting it do its thing. Now, honestly, a lot of the time when I've got a smoothie uh, on me.
1: And I'm not hungry yet. It just kind of travels with me until mm, until mm. the feeling hits. No, no, I can't do that. I could be. I could have just eaten, you know, a whole pizza. You give me some smoothie like that, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna suck that thing down right down. I've been there, like the chrome off a trailer hitch. Good lord, <laughs> Barrett.
0: I have a uh, a phenomenal outfit already set aside for uh, this week's Sopranos podcast. Okay, okay. It is brand new. Uh huh. I'm not going to say anything else about it except that I can't wait to show it off Thursday. And if, if you miss me in this outfit doing episode, what, are we on eight? Yeah, it's going to be episode eight. Eight yes. of The Sopranos season one on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. You will live the rest of your life, much like Sato and in Inception, filled with regret. Mm-hmm. Waiting to die alone. Mm-hmm. Just something to keep in mind, Barry. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, just speaking of the the Patreon, I, even if you're not watching The Sopranos, maybe you'd like to join the Discord. And that's, uh, Cord is strong. that's, uh, available to all of our, uh, our tier, tiered Patreon members. All of them. And I mean, it's just, it, there, there's all sorts of talk in there. There's so many channels. There's, there's, there's bots. Did you know the discord has bots? I don't know what the bots do, but they're there. They help. They're helpful. Um, bots. one is called Rehoboam and, um, that's I, from Westworld. That look, can't they, be you, you guys are now, you're the, the members of the discord, the court is strong are now influencing the premier segment of this podcast, Tidbits and Such, I now see some of these you, you, The stuff gets posted and I got to bring it up. I got to talk about it. So, Huzzah. Um, you know, if you want to get in there and you want to chat and you want to you want to look, there's like this one show that people are just absolutely coming about and it's called uh, Attack on Titan and it's on like something called Fumatron, Funatron. The Discord's all over Attack on Titan. Fun and games Citron. AOT. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh you can also maybe watch it on Hulu, but only Hulu Live. I don't know. The 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 hubbub around this around this animated series is is so overwhelming that I I am considering tra- trying to figure out how to watch a few episodes just just because that's how much the members of the Clan Fam mean to me like if you guys are so passionate about this even though it's not even though i know it's not my wheelhouse not in your, up your alley I'm in, I'm in i'm inclined to to give it a go so that we can give it a little bit more love here here on the uh on the show all that being said uh the patreon it's not just for watching the sopranos even though that's a great portion of it uh for the time being and um and for the foreseeable future But um, maybe you just want to to join our little community here on the Discord and and get to chatting with all the other members of the clam fam. So you can do that in the Discord on Patreon.com/slash oysters clams cockles. Did you know?
0: You do now. Today's episode of OCC is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage I have ever tried. Great stuff. With so many stressors in life, it's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients they need to thrive. We've got busy schedules. Some of us get poor sleep. We don't exercise. We do exercise. Look, 2020 wrecked all of our, uh, what do you call, routines, right? And many of us fell out of sorts with our nutritional habits. And this is where Athletic Greens helps Barrett and I out. Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is your nutritional essential. It's usually what I start my day with, either right before or right after my workout. It's by far the easiest and most delicious nutritional habit that you can add to your health routine today today. And empower yourself to take ownership of your health. You put one tasty scoop of athletic greens containing 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, greens, superfood, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet that may have formed, increase energy and focus, aid with digestion, Important. Digestion—you need to digest and support a healthy immune system—all without the need to take multiple products, and that's the key: without the need to take multiple products. Barrett, have you enjoyed your Athletic Greens so far?
1: Uh, my Athletic Greens sits in a beautiful canister inside of the fridge. And the setup they hit you with is very, very nice. And I get up and I, I go—I go to the fridge and I, I put the coffee on. But before I have the coffee and before I have the breakfast, I get a scoop of Athletic Greens. Mm. And if you would like to to become and feel like a healthy, strong individual, Mm -hmm. then this is an essential part of a a part of your day. Yes, because Lord knows that you're not uh, you're you're not going to sit there and blend up a bunch of kale and spinach and pineapple and what have you and, and shove it down your gullet most of us don't no. have know kind of you're gonna there. grab a scoop of the athletic greens and you're gonna be like oh my god i feel so healthy i feel so good and then it's gonna make you feel that way and then you're gonna become that way and it's all thanks to athletic greens helping you with your digestion and all of your general health it's great
0: look most of us we're huge tv and movie fanatics here generally there is a lack of focus within our squad on nutrition <laughs> and health When it comes down to it, and Athletic Greens, look, I'm not getting 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, greens, superfood, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in my diet through my regular diet. My regular diet is generally not spectacular. I'm working on it. I'm getting better. And Athletic Greens has been a nice part of that. So, if you want to join Barrett and I on the Athletic Greens journey, go to simply uh, simply visit athleticgreens.com/slash dragon athleticgreens.com/slash dragon today and join health experts, athletes, and health conscious go getters and podcasters around the world <laughs> who make a daily commitment to their health every single day. Get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today if you simply visit com slash dragon again for that free year supply of vitamin d and five free travel packs today and now it's time for everyone's favorite segment that will encompass this entire podcast henceforth uh, now we've got some Baron. stuff
1: to, to talk about today a okay. little bit that, that, that it's not not really tidbits, so it won't be the whole podcast today, is it but. such though um no okay no. okay no there's all right. some there's some stuff that's not on TBNS today um, we'll do a secondary segment we'll do a secondary segment uh, but it can all bleed together you huzzah. know huzzah huzzah um okay uh, a couple weeks ago we talked about an upcoming movie that sounded fun on Netflix uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Jennifer Lawrence in a film directed by Adam McKay who did The Big Short and Vice and uh, Step Brothers among others. That one has a trailer out, so go so so go watch that. Um, in similar news, I like David O. Russell. He's another uh, director and writer that uh, that I'm a fan of. Uh, American Hustle stands out in my mind as as one of my favorite movies of the last fifteen years. Silver Linings Playbook, Silver Linings Playbook, Joy, the fighter, Joy. yeah, the fighter. He yeah. was the Three Kings guy, Three in some Kings. Way, yep, exactly. Um, well, uh, information keeps coming out about members. Uh, um, of the cast in his new as of yet untitled project. And so just to quote the headline from Vanity Fair, David O. Russell's new movie stars everyone on earth. Oh, um, and here I'm just going to read you the names. All right. Robert De Niro, Margot Robbie, Rami Malek, Christian Bale, Chris Rock, Michael Shannon, Anya Taylor-Joy, shouts to Queens gamut. Zoe Saldana, John David Washington, and recently announced Timothy Oliphant, um the hits keep on coming i see de niro's name showing up Yeah, robert de niro's the here. first one that i said oh sorry um so yeah so just a uh one of these massive projects that 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 has everybody just like a an, an absolutely incredible a-list cast and uh, i and don't know untitled these untitled as if yeah we don't even we, i don't i don't know i don't know shit about this movie but, um but it, you know i don't know it's 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 so Mike Myers as well is another name attached to this to this film, which could be interesting stuff. It's it's crazy because it's like, you know, you you give me Leo and J. Lol and I'm like, okay this feels good. Toss a few other names in there. Right. That, That one other had some other stars kind of mixed in. But you give me you give me two, three stars in a movie and I'm feeling good. You tell me there's 14 people that I like in a movie and now I'm starting to worry. Because concerned. now this sounds like one of those Valentine's Day Just or a New Year's, Year's resolution Eve or... movie or whatever the fuck. Yeah, New right? Year's Eve, Valentine's like this Day. This is too many people. How how many? How are these people all going to get any any time to shine? I love all of these people. Is David? O- am, I gonna, see, am I, I going to get one scene with Anya Taylor Joy? I need Anya Taylor Joy in a whole movie. Okay, but David O. Russell, what was the example? The first example you American gave? House, which had a big cast, a and big did- cast. But we're talking like four or five big people. That one had Bradley Cooper, Christian Bale. Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Amy Adams, right. uh, Russell Crowe, I want to say. But there have been directors who have found ways to do movies with
0: more superstar power that are a little cameo-esque. Like yes. the Mike Myers yes. name reminds me of his little cameo in *Inglorious Bastards that right. Tarantino right. did, uh, which was spectacular. So you have to root for that angle and not the let's get all of these people equal screen time Valentine's yeah, Day, yeah. New Year's Eve, yeah. Ashton Kutcher, and four hundred other stars.
1: Julia Roberts angle. Yeah. So, um, just another kind of exciting piece of entertainment news. Something to look forward to and keep your eye on for the for the title of that movie. Maybe a plot. <laughs> yeah. <there's> nothing
0: <laughs> No information. They have <laughs> But no, I, d- they I did. I, in
1: it. I just I did want to bring it up. Yeah, Daniel um, Russell. By the way, uh, looks a little like Ari Gold to me. Ah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Just a note. Just a tidbit. For all the entourage fans out there.
1: God. You
0: yes. Tools. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay, this one is a bit of a clam fam correction. Yeah. I brought up Starship Troopers last week. And Yes, we did. And I m and and I totally meant to as I was investigating the cast, and we I what one of my big pieces was about how Casper Van Dien, Diem didn't really have like the the, the career that, that yeah. like Ryan Philippi and kind of and Paul Walker and kind of other guys of his ilk and look right. ended up having. And I absolutely meant to mention this because it was such a weird tie-in. And I totally spaced on it. So you brought it, you actually texted me about it. My like mom is the day. one who texted me and, remind, yeah, and I didn't so, even know, man. But Casper Van Diem was married to Catherine Oxenberg. Athens. Our 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 like one of our protagonists. In the vow, I mean, arguably, whose, the whose daughter is entrapped in in the Nexium cult? Look,
0: when she gets into the doc, she takes that shit like pretty much over. Right, like when her character is and her when her story is introduced, not her character. It's very real, um, but yeah, crazy random connection there. That she, this is one of the couple dudes she's been married
1: to. What a random I, home run he hit. So I, I typoed here. It's Casper Van Dien, not Casper Van Diem. It's not Carpe Diem. It's Casper Van Dien. Sorry yeah, whatever. about that. Uh, but yeah, married to married to Catherine Oxenberg. Now, I was going to be real, real floored if India was his daughter, but that is not the case. Not the
0: case. Not the <laughs> case. That would have been really wild and then very crazy that we had not heard a reference to that or in any way learned that over in, at any point. Yeah. That the yeah. star of Starship Troopers... Was the father of India? That would have been a whole
1: nother wrinkle <laughs> yeah, they, they left out. They, surely they would have. They would have thrown that in there. I, I don't know. Yeah, Casper Van Dien. What you know? Just c- continuing to go down. He he. he the the this pad. The, like the angles of his face, which made him so striking when he was like twenty five or whatever, doing this movie. They like actually like didn't end up benefiting him down the line. He like got like he like you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he like he needs a little weight. He needs a little extra weight on him or something. Eh. Eh, it happens. Not sure, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so I just wanted to to, to throw that out there. And, Hell of a uh, two names, by the way, in that
0: marriage that they had going. Catherine Oxenberg and what
1: what say it? Casper Van Dien. <laughs> <laughs> His name was Casper. Casper. That had a in
0: in middle school. Yeah.
1: Um. Okay. All right. Let's, he had
0: to make sure he stayed tan dude because it just did. the jokes were too easy if he got pale he yeah. couldn't be looking like me
1: that's true that's nah. true no nah. um okay let's also talk here about the Nielsen ratings oh cool. so Nielsen ratings are are now that they, they they include streaming and I guess there's there might even be yeah, there's Nielsen's streaming rankings, and they do it by minutes streamed. Okay. So it's like minutes of viewing time for a given show. Okay. And so for 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 shows that have multiple seasons on these streaming platforms, Shits Creek, for example, you can be watching any of Shits Creek and it all it it, it bumps Shits Creek up to, to whatever position it might be in. Got it. Um and so Let's see. This is posted January 14th, so uh, nominally a week ago. The Mandalorian became the first non-Netflix show to top the Nielsen streaming chart. Oh, wow. I'm looking at it. I think this is the most recent one. And wow. uh, It had 1.34 billion minutes of viewing time in the week of December 14th to December 20th. Okay, so that's the the list I'm on, too. And not only did it become the first show to, to...
0: top the list that's not a netflix show every other show in the top 10
1: is from netflix every single one and so uh, currently the rankings measure amazon prime hulu disney plus and netflix uh and yeah it's it's just there's a lot of things to read into here but one of them is kind of what we've been talking about for a few weeks now which is despite netflix not always having kind of like the biggest bangs or the biggest splashes it's just what everybody has. It's just every like everybody has Netflix, still. which is why when and we so were talking about
0: like there hasn't really been a thing that was like a big draw. And another clam bam correction: people were like, "What about the Queen's Gambit?" It's like, yeah, but I don't know. It just
1: <laughs> Netflix feels like the the generic everybody has this. is a And series. and and this kind of goes to show that what it also goes to show is that what the, the show that The Mandalorian edged out is The Office. So that's not going to be there. Starting in a couple of weeks, ah, because yeah. Netflix doesn't have The Office anymore. Right um, now, just anecdotally, uh, I pay for YouTube TV, so I'm able to kind of have that like that 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 droll of the of the cable just on. Right, um, and uh, just in recent kind of like days and and weeks, uh, just having stuff on around the house, uh, you can just watch reruns all day long of The Office on Comedy Central. So it it, it was kind of like a it, it's it was kind of like a like oh man Netflix leaving the uh, or uh, the office leaving Netflix like that kind of sucks like now I'm gonna have to go track it down on Peacock or whatever. It, it's still if you have cable or if you have YouTube TV, it's still very much accessible. It's still running all day long, right? But more to the point, it's just crazy how shows like The Office and like Friends just still. I mean, comparatively, they still dominate in the rankings because that's not like that was not
0: a thing i mean granted we always had reruns right right and we had networks that really crushed it with like you know tbs was mostly seinfeld for a decade <laughs> yes. like after the show had ended yeah
1: and like nickelodeon it's just they're always playing friends yeah if it's like then, after 6 p.m it's,
0: they're playing friends look you and i like we've spoken on like i watched a lot of nick at night when i was a little kid man so i have seen a lot of like i love lucy and dream- i dream of genie and all those shows And so, granted, that element of entertainment has existed, but the scope at which people... You're talking about a show that's off the air that is the second most popular television show in the world streaming. The Office, that's crazy. Like, that's the power that these platforms are giving, the staying power that they're giving to these series. And think about that. Like, over the span of the next 50 years billions of people or billions of hours and will be streamed of that show on the different on whatever yeah. platform it's available. Yeah, and i mean is it going d- to just looking at it. Is a joke?
1: It, like, it's The, the Office, Grey's Anatomy, Criminal Minds and Shitt's Creek are all on this top 10 and it's like it's it's just pretty wild how 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 despite you know what we're interested in talking about is obviously all the new and all the now and all the the updated seasons and new shows and here comes Succession coming back and like right? Like that's that's the type of thing. And then when you like boil it down, like people are spending their time with just kind of whatever on their uh, running on their Netflix. Yeah. Like the comfort food basically. <coughs> it's like it makes you, you, you want to talk about going to Uchi, but you're at home having McDonald's all the time. Yeah. It it makes <laughs> sense based
0: on where we've been at as a society. I can't um, believe the office is going to Peacock though. That you
1: were dead ass serious. Oh, it's off it's gone. It's off Netflix now. So it's on Peacock now. It's on Peacock now. They for real, they, for real. they took it back. NBC Universal took it back. Peacock. Well, I, sh- I should clarify. They 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 bought it back. Okay. They 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 made an offer that they their parent reduce. company couldn't refuse. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Wild shit, though. Yeah. Uh, so you yeah. you read the whole thing, I think,
1: or at least the ones I, that I just I would- picked. I picked off. I mean, basically half of of the ones here. I mean, even something like well, uh, well, what what is Supernatural? Isn't that an old show? Supernatural is a long running. I want to
0: say vampire yes. sitcom thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. I've eaten a meal of food at Fabo e. Rossi uh-huh. in Austin about three feet from one of the stars of this show, so Is I it, should know uh, more about it. Jared Padalecki. It. He's got. He had long hair. He was a beautiful
1: man. Yes, Jared Padalecki. Yeah. Very uh, intimidating to be within his presence. Co-owns the bar called Stereotype here on West Sixth Street as well. No shit. Yeah, he's 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 uh, he's an Austin guy. Basically, cool. good for him. Yeah, you're right. So again, hey, this the, the show's been on since 2005, man. Yeah, it's so an old ass show. That one goes on there too. Like Grey's Anatomy, they, there's like 42 seasons of that already. Okay, so here's another question I have. Like, are are the Office guys
0: characters? People who played on the show, not the producers. Are they getting a back end cut off of this? I guess it really depends on contract situations. But obviously, when they formed their contracts for the sake of doing the show, I doubt very much that anybody had these type of streaming numbers in mind. And that is an insane amount of money that should be.
1: Yeah, that that's a great question, and I don't know. Now, obviously, they had they they, they would they're all getting royalty checks from the the networks like Comedy Central that are airing right. the reruns, right? But Netflix and now Peacock basically makes like a lump sum to the studio, to the production company. Like, hey, we're optioning, you know, we're going to pay you a billion dollars over the next 10 years or whatever it is for the streaming rights. Now, does some of that money like trickle down into the pockets of the actors because of the way that the contracts were set up? I mean, when they That's all w- right, when they all set up the, their 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 deals, that was, would have been in like two thousand five, two thousand six. Right, wouldn't have been a thing. Maybe they re in for for the la- the back half of the seasons. But even then, it's like n- streaming was still in its relative infancy. Yeah. Right? So, um, yeah, gr- great question. It, uh, I would not be surprised if they are not seeing a, uh, m- much of that. The other shocking thing about this list Is that obviously with The Office You have 192
0: episodes available Which amounts to that Whatever crazy number of minutes you said Mm -hmm. 1,311 million minutes I think Is the one I'm looking at Um, The Mandalorian has 16 episodes Right, yeah And they're short 16 Well, their shortness, I guess Just like with The Office Helps that number But still 16 episodes And they topped out above 192 episode series that is closed out which is just it really speaks to how much of a home run the Mandalorian yes. has been for Disney also, Plus. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that is fucking wild, dude. Um again, good for them, especially considering the simplicity of that show, especially considering everything that's gone into it with Pedro Pascal and the stupid helmet. Yeah. Like yeah. that's That is some wild, wild stuff. And then The Crown, obviously, not shocking to me. None of these are really all that shocking, except that I... What the hell is Manhunt Deadly Games that only has 10 episodes and is coming in at number five? I have to Google (laughs) Manhunt Deadly Games now. Dude, I've never heard of Virgin River either. I don't want to know what that is, though. Manhunt Deadly Games is about the Unabomber. Okay. It's the Unabomber miniseries. Cool. I'm in for that at some point, too. Probably. Not looking up Virgin River.
1: (laughs) don't want to know um well i'm gonna look it up then i okay. gotta see what this is that's on you yeah uh now this the the thing nielsen needs to they need to they need to start documenting all these other streaming services though that's important because yeah this feels it, it, that, fucked th- up that's a good like look if if the office continues to dominate on peacock then peacock should get some shine here on this list right like like you would they, think so they need a little bit more access here Um uh, yeah, virgin for river
0: that's tough it's about a nurse practitioner in L.A. who moves to Northern California. Oh, now. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, okay. I, I was getting, th- this kept popping up on my Netflix, like they wanted to show me this preview. And it's basically, Laura, Laura called this out. She said, oh, this is essentially a remake of the one with, uh, I want to say it had Rachel Bilson. Rachel um, Bilson. Part of Dixie. That's it. I hate that my computer can hear everything we say. I
0: I typed Rachel and it just filled Bilson in. (laughs) Because you just, because like I never, that's I've never
1: Googled that before. Uh, Yeah. Billy Costa. So, yeah, I don't know. Crazy stuff there. Um, Okay, moving on here. I wanted to give a quick shout. Nielsen. To this season of The Bachelor. I know we have some Bachelor, some, some people that do enjoy when I touch on The Bachelor. Huzzah. And uh, the guy's name is Matt James. He did not come from, you know, they they typically have been in this cycle where they're recycling a contestant that did not win in the previous season. They make him the Bachelor or her, the Bachelorette. Right. Uh, Matt James has been kind of like in the pipeline for a little bit. He was supposed to be on this most recent season of the Bachelorette. Things kind of fell apart. The pandemic hit. He bailed. They kind of knew they wanted him for Bachelor anyway. And they just like, Basically halfway through the the Bachelorette season they just announced like Matt James is our new bachelor. He's the first black bachelor as well. Oh wow. And cool. he's kind of a throwback in that how have we not had a black guy the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've not been great in that department. What the fuck? <laughs> it's been a okay. very very white show. Jesus. Um so Matt is also kind of a throwback because he feels like the guys, the some of the original bachelors and that he actually is an eligible bachelor. He is like this beautiful, tall man that played like football Wake Forest and now does real estate in New York City. And like he—he's not—he's got abs. He—he's not here on the show as a quote-unquote bachelor because he got popular on the previous season of reality television. He is a legitimate eligible bachelor, like Back he's, to the root. You know, he's—he's—he's he's, he's around uh, thirty years old right like or maybe he's in his late 20s but but he's not 23 he's not 24 and um he's just been like a total breath of fresh air because he seems to be having like real conversations the cast is obviously the most diverse that we've ever seen for a bachelor as well um just a lot of like really kind of like interesting people uh and they while the this last season of the bachelorette they kind of like you could really feel that they were kind of busting at the seams, not really knowing what to do with this pandemic. They were at, uh, they were in Palm Springs at this La Quinta resort where there was shit all to do. Um, it not like you're thinking of okay. the, of the motel chain. It's, it's, uh, it's a resort in Palm Springs. Got it, got it, got it. But th- they were really like, they, they were struggling to come up with stuff to do here. And the scenery was not all that great. You could tell it was like 110 degrees every single day. It was just kind of a mess and a disaster of a season. Well, this season they've moved it to, they they shot this in the fall and they were at, or in the kind of early, early fall, September, kind of that range. Um, and they were at a resort that I've never heard of in Pennsylvania called Nima Colin. And Nima Colin essentially looks like adult Disneyland. It is fabulous. Okay. Phenomenal, stunning, absolutely gorgeous what are we talking what do they got going on they got everything literally name it they have it go-karts yes horses horseback riding yes rock climbing all of it dude they got outdoor hot tubs they got they it's they they they, for fucking they're clearly they they, they've got so much more to do and the backdrop is so much prettier and i i I was like i wasn't really excited about this season because the bachelorette one that just finished with the two was really hot garbage it really was yeah yeah I saw Twitter very unhappy with it. Um and this is just they bounced back like a charm, man. They really while while they shat the bed with that one, there were clearly people figuring out how to make this not crappy. Right. For for The Bachelor. Your angle is And they nailed it. And it's just kind of it's got these other wrinkles as well. Most and important been, one that you spoke great. to for me being that um you know, that was the draw. That was the
0: original draw for me. I don't really like reality TV, but the reason I was sort of interested in The Bachelor way back when was conceptually the idea of some, you know Relatively successful Some degree of success, 30-ish dude or woman Who has struggled to find love Being put in a situation where they could find a life partner Or whatever Just as a concept Even knowing fake reality TV is what it is Is a cool concept But then they sort of, like you said They broke away from that Because every season became about like Plugging somebody else from the already right, reality yes. TV TV world I'm like, I don't care about that world at all so you lose me with that and then th- this is the type of thing that could potentially bring me back and granted it
1: won't here but yeah, it could have yeah. it could have and that's um, but it might work for us but it might work for us yeah uh and you obviously have a, a bunch of young dumb hot bimbos on here as well i mean they got this guy is hot as hell they got to give him some some candy they got to Ooh, give him some uh yeah some some hot young arm candy as well but it looks like the front runners are all are all pretty stand up ladies that uh that have something going for them so just a just a really it was a good a, a good strong bounce back Gotcha. after a dud of a bachelorette season and and so i'm i'm just i i, I had to shout it out and uh and yeah so far so good on the uh on the Bachelor front. You I'll know, probably last, tune in for la- like the bikini episode. Last night, we also learned that host Chris Harrison, by the way, Chris Harrison is moving to Austin, if you didn't know that. Oh, another one. As the, uh, as the Exodus continues, he's Welcome, moving, Chris. big golfer, he's moving to, uh, he's building the house out on, on, uh, Barton Creek. Sick. Um, yeah, he has penned an erotic romance novel. What's that? Yeah. Like Could a he... serious one? Not
0: like a fun, like like a funny book. Like this is he wrote like a like a for real erotic romance.
1: Like a, we talking like Fifty Shades of Grey style. Like I, I don't I don't think it's that extreme, but they're going for it. It's called The Perfect Letter, and it's 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 a romance novel, and so that that I, Fifty Shades of Grey is as well. But yeah, it's got like he he he's writing about around about sexy times.
0: What in the hell? Do you love romance? Do you love reading? Do you love The Bachelor? Are you from Texas? If you answered <laughs> yes to any two of those questions, do we ever have the book for you? That's what Huffington Post says. Yeah. That's fucking interesting. I
1: mean, he definitely, there's some excerpts in there that definitely get steamy. He is, He's written some steamy passages in here. From the back cover.
0: From the man who knows a thing or two about love. Okay. <laughs> From the fake reality TV show that he does Does, does he? Yeah. I don't know if that was the first line I, I wanted to be fed But uh, here's, the, here's the concept A talented young book editor in New York City Lee leads a rich life Full of writing, parties, and romance Oh, sorry, I missed this part Lee Merrill spent 10 years running away from her past now she's going back. A talented young book editor in NYC, Lee re- leads a rich life full of writing, parties, and romance, far from the dust of her grandfather's house horse farm in Texas. And she's engaged to Joseph, a brilliant, generous man who adores her. Wow, those are great adjectives. Still, when she's invited to a writer's conference in Austin, Lee can't help but feel that Texas, with all of its tangled secrets, is calling her home. She tells herself the trip is just a few days away to catch up with old friends, meet new authors, and clear her mind. But Lee's plans for a quiet retreat quickly dissolve when she discovers a stack of letters from her past in her hotel room.
1: Letters that bear her soul and deepest and darkest secrets. Yeah. Letters she wrote to the love of her life. So if you're looking for a sexy read out there, yeah. and you are also a fan of The Bachelor, and you're a member of Bachelor Nation, then then here's a... Here's a book, re- here's a book rack. For Hold on one more line. After years of running, but with nowhere left to
0: hide, Lee must finally decide what she truly wants and just how much she'll
1: risk to get it. That's it. Um, okay. You ready to move on? Yep. Okay. So we're going to do a uh, l- last tidbit here, and this will kind of branch us into to, to segments about what we're actually watching here. Uh, and, uh, so we're going to start here with the superhero stuff. That's, and that's where we'll go for, um, for, for television watching as well. Justice League coming out in March. There was some chatter about this potentially being released in four one hour installments. Zack Snyder has confirmed via Twitter that this will instead be released as a four hour movie. You're so stoked on that. (laughs) You can't wait, Barrett. What I don't understand is like the... With this streaming stuff, right? It, it, it's like a, it it's a memory card. It's, it's, you're taking digital photos. Like, why not just do both? Have the four hour option. And then also yeah. let me like put it out in four hour, one hour segments too. Because these dudes are weird. Why is Zack Snyder always I guess I got could just pause at one hour and two hours and three hours. But like, I don't know. Like, just give me, but maybe that's not where you were going to do the exact breaks. Like, just give me yeah. where you wanted the breaks. I don't know. It seems like four it would be hours? easy. Yeah, I don't, th- this is sounding more and more masturbatory. And I guess it's not surprising given that it's Zack Snyder, but um, I don't know. It, it, th- this, this feels like, you know, if if the Snyder Cut had existed already, essentially, and people were clamoring for it and begging for it and like, ah, release the Snyder Cut. Yeah, like, yeah, great. Boom, they released the Snyder Cut. It's like a special treat for for HBO Max. And like, you know, maybe get, you know, you can get some people come over to the streaming service and and check it out because they're finally, they're releasing the one that he originally submitted. Sure. But this is not that. Yeah. He like had to go back and like make the Snyder cut. Yeah, this is weird. And they spent like I think they spent like thirty five million extra to, to, to get the Snyder cut and it's now it's just now it's Look, like it's too hyped up. It's this has been talked about for many, many months now. That's the
0: problem, is we heard just, Snyder Cut seventy thousand times. I'm not even in the Avengers fan base, and I heard Snyder cut, Snyder Cut, Snyder Cut for a fucking year. And then they finally did it, and I feel like it empowered him like yes, No, absolutely. I, Jack yes, Snyder. Yes, exactly. I yeah. am the Snyder Cut and then he's like Four hours! Like, come on. <laughs> we got stuff to do. He, believe it or not, like, even us being stuck in our
1: homes. Bro, four hours? No, right. And it's like, it's such a... It, it's... It's a baseball game. I which would, nobody is in for the night. You the, know what? I would al- I would almost have preferred if he had been like, yeah, Snyder Cut is six hours. <laughs> just so you, never, you know you never have to watch it? Or just so I would be like, oh... Oh Jesus! What? <laughs> what? Six out? Like they, God? They left a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor. I don't know. That would have been long enough to where I was, I, I was intrigued <laughs> by the length. by the absurd length of this movie. And instead, I'm just like four hours, dude. God, like, dude.
0: Be like what? if they tried to put out Lonesome Dove in one fucking
1: film. City. Yeah, I, like. I don't know. The, the four hours. Now you're in the range of just where it's like this. Just sounds like a chore and so i i don't know look there is no
0: story you can tell me in four hours that by the end of it i'm not like oh thank god it's over like four hours of my life i need at least one potty break thank mm-hmm. god i'm not in the movie
1: theater anymore that's a long time son uh, i mean the, the irishman is the longest movie that i can think of where i was like yep deserved it and i even had to watch that in two in two settings yeah so, so did I. but it was still tight yeah um but this is Zack Snyder, and but this and is Zack Avengers Snyder. It's not Scor- not Scorsese, exactly, yeah. and it's not Quentin Tarantino with with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood either. So it's really ugh, pushing it, man. I don't really know. Yeah, it. now we're not the target audience here, obviously. No, clearly but, not. But um, you know, this will exist, and I will probably not do anything about it. Me neither. I'm yeah. not going to do anything. With okay. it. Okay. Now here's a superhero thing that I, I I will do something about, and I've started watching, and it's important to talk about. So we're leaving behind tidbits and such, and we're talking about what we're watching now. Got it. Uh, First two episodes of WandaVision debuted on Disney Plus this Friday. I told you last week that this was the the Marvel series, Disney Plus Marvel series that I was locked into. Like, this is what I will, I will watch this, even though I'm not like the big MCU guy. Um, Trailer got you, the angle. The trailer got me, and you've seen the trailer? Right. Yeah. It, black and white. It's like kind of like maybe 50s. Maybe they're like, it's like old sitcom style. Yeah. And I re- I really thought that they were duping me. I thought I was going to get like four minutes of that. And, and then it was going to be like, regular ass. like a, you know, just like some type of lead or some type of cold open or 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 some type of hook. And then they were going to flip it upside down and be like, now boom we're yeah. blowing up a city. <laughs> um. <laughs> that didn't happen. That did not happen. Through two episodes, which are both around thirty minutes each, so obviously pack that up and put it in my backpack. Yeah, um, this is a th- this is a uh, a fifty style sitcom, like for real. They're for real. For real. For real. Yes, and that's obviously a a, a a wrinkle that they're playing with. That is a that's a conceit. Um, now, how long they hold on to this, I'm not so sure. But it is how the hell do really, you really really. Once Fascinating to watch this because one, you do not need to know anything about the Marvel Cinematic Universe to enjoy this show. That's huge. You don't need to know anything about uh, Wanda Maximoff or Vision's powers. You don't need to know where they came from. Like they are bottling, they are packaging these two up as like a little, uh, like a nice little couple that you want to root and cheer for. They both obviously have superpowers, which are kind of shown off in these first two episodes uh, in little bits and ways. Mm-hmm. But th- their objective here is they are trying to fit in to their little Pleasantville 50s style white picket fence oh, neighborhood. Got it. Um, and there's there are some really really cheesy jokes. It almost feels like you're watching uh, be- uh bewitched. It's like a total or throwback. Dick Van Dyke. And, but now they're obviously like wink wink moments as well. Like they know that they are being they're they're self aware that they are making like that that very very retro style joke, and it's therefore because they're they're kind of laying it on thick, thanks to the help of a character played by Catherine Hahn, who I adore nice. Um, yeah, and so it, it's been really, really interesting uh to watch and really fun, and I'm glad I'm so happy that it is exactly so far through two episodes exactly what they advertised um, so it was not a hook so now now here here's uh, here's another layer to to what we're seeing here in both episodes. There are these small moments that happen about two-thirds of the way through the episode where something um, kind of distorted starts happening. Okay. Uh, Either like, uh, the second one is is the kind of easier one to to talk about without giving too much of an episode away. Sure. But um, uh, a radio that's playing, you know, talk radio or music or something starts to like go in and out of fuzziness doing that type of thing. And then you hear a voice coming through like a lot of static that's saying Wanda Wanda. Uh. And these moments with their black and white start to feel like a Hitchcock movie. Ooh, and it gets creepy fast. And then they like pull you out back out with something like light as they kind of like glaze over this. But so you have so no idea what's going on yet. Zero, zero idea. So through two, they have really, really set up this mystery in like an awesome way that I mean, it makes my skin crawl, almost talking about it. So watching these little these little moments happen um, in the in the episode and then kind of have them just like you know, it's 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 like a, a a track on a record kind of skipping. Yeah, and then okay. it like gets back on the, and then the 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 needle falls and it gets back on its track and starts playing the the music properly again. Like it never happened. Well, like it never happened, but that that's the that's the element that they're playing with here. That like is kind of the that second layer that's like okay something so at any int- second something the interesting could come is happening here got and you. we don't know what it is. Okay, now I understand
0: why you're saying you don't know if they're going to hold on to this version of what they've got going vibes wise because that is clearly a massive yet to be determined wrinkle yes
1: and so it's it certainly seems like at least for through this first uh first season i i i get the feeling that this whole like they're stuck in this 50s black and white sitcom i, I believe that they will stick uh f- stick with this for the first season that that's the feeling that I get as they as we kind of and how many of you watched? unfold said? the two, there, two. That, that's what's that's what that's out what's so available right. okay um, and is it a ten, 10 deep season or eight or I actually don't know I'll look it up um, but yeah I, so I was I, I had high hopes going in and those hopes were met if not exceeded I also find Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany uh, both very charming nine episodes so uh, this was created by Jack Schaefer directed by Matt Shackman who uh, who I believe Jack Schaefer is credited with writing both of the first two episodes if I'm not mistaken Matt Shackman definitely directed both of the first two so you could ca- you, you it, it's also one of these instances a lot like Mandalorian where where you can tell that Jon Favreau is kind of his, and uh, his his writing partner who whose name is slipping my mind right now but like they are very much in control of the entire direction of the season same there's, kind of feeling there, there's not like a bunch of people kind of hopping in to write and oh this guy's gonna come in direct now like about
0: joya tillum oh uh, that's his spouse yeah
1: um uh, hmm i'll try to find john favreau's writing partner but um it's just yeah i think it's the guy that's writing a lot of mandalorian um but so so you y- you know it's just uh dave filoni dave filoni it just has that feeling where where you can tell that the same people even if there are other people in the writers room or other people come in direct like the the people guiding the ship are always guiding the ship right and so it's it's, it's an important it's, element it's an important element for something kind of kind of kooky like this where, where where you're really trying something new here especially with a genre which you would you wouldn't have thought is like the 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 right vehicle to to pull something like this off right Anyway, uh it's it's a it's a recommend for me and okay. uh, in in my book, especially given the fact that that these are short episodes, it, it's it's an hour commitment to check out the first two. So, amen, um, amen. Big stuff, big stuff, and that it it, it not needing any knowledge, huge for me. Bodes well for for some of these other shows that are that are yet to yet to arrive on Disney Plus as well. If they were, if Disney kind of let you know gave these people the reins to kind of go make the show that they wanted to go make and weren't hovering over shoulder to make sure that everything created like tied into the next Avengers franchise.
0: So, so put another so far winner on Disney plus for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. That's big for them. Cause Disney plus is lacking.
1: One more thing. Other th- than the number o- one Mandalorian. One more thing that we got to talk about. Uh, I talked about Heaven's Gate a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I started watching it. You've you've now been watching this docu series as well. So I'm
0: a few in, and as, as you mentioned, like you you said you listened to the podcast uh, about Heaven's Gate. I can't recall the name of it, but so it's Heaven's Gate. That, there you go. <laughs> that was your prior knowledge. This is something that obviously I look. I remember seeing bits and pieces about this culturally through the news, whatever newspaper, being told by my parents, seeing references. Um, but Heaven's Gate. Is really like the most absurd version of the cult. The classic cult that existed. Like in terms of the story. It is so wild. And the way it's presented to you in this documentary is so creepy. And really like more sad than most of the other ones I've seen. And I mean that from like like the guy who, you know, he really struggles to talk. It's Mm -hmm. every time you have to listen to him speak it's painful yeah brutal dude Yeah, that got like the pain in his voice and his eyes um you know i don't really know i don't know what the situation is with this with speech but it doesn't matter it's about the vibe and every single one of the people including like when you get T and dough uh footage like so clearly something is wrong you know what i mean the whole time you're just like oh fuck i don't know if it's because the keith Raniere thing like really 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 messed me up to cults like in terms of just it's tough for me to watch people get taken for a ride mm-hmm. um that lasts several years and, and in the case of heaven's cult or heaven's uh, gate literally ends in, in suicide for what 30 people or something crazy people. shit with some fucking old man at the helm, like, that's got <laughs> nothing to get, like, he's got nothing left in the tank, of course he wants out. Well, I, but to convince all those people to go with him, it's just wild. And watching that dude speaking to the camera, um, watching these religious theologists that they bring out that make these incredible parallels to all the major modern religions, to the point that, like, if you're a religious person and you're watching, at some point, it clicks for you, like, Oh, I'm in a cult. Yeah. Um. It is. It is truly wild. The. It's. But like. Like I said, the. The vibe of like sadness and creepiness in this one, it is thick. So I'm going a little slower.
1: Yeah. Uh. I mean, there's only four episodes. That. that oh shit! I'm almost done. That. <laughs> and uh. I, I'm not sure if if you've gotten to the point to the part where the the um. You know the former member that you're talking about. He exp- he 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 ends up explaining why his voice is like that, and it is a direct result of being oppressed by Do, by Doe. Okay, I haven't gotten to that yet. Like he essentially gets he it, it 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 causes him to to leave the cult, and it also leaves him with that like speech impediment because he's so mentally fucked from it. Oh, um, that's so fucking sad. Yeah. See. <laughs> So um Ugh. yeah yeah it it's it ha, it has that sadness because typically even when we watch something as crazy as Nexium like nobody's died in Nexium have they That am i forgetting something i don't think anybody got murdered or anybody committed suicide so. or anybody like so even though the, the, that there's there's still a lot of the same um you know manipulation and and brainwashing and and abuse essentially it doesn't end with the entire cult, the, what's left of the cult, all partaking in a mass suicide. Right. So that one definitely had that, that. That's why Heaven's Gate, like, has such a, you know, kind of hangs over all of this so much. And it's and and like I talked about a couple weeks ago, it's like it, you, we we think of cults and we kind of think about all this like craziness, and then then you do a little bit more research and you do more investigation and you watch something like The Val, and and one of the things that was so interesting about that is how after the first episode you were like oh this sounds tight i i I'm in. I, I could possibly benefit from this right? right and it's like but then you get to heavens and right so the the a lot of the cults start off with something that is very um uh, maybe not approachable maybe not approachable but very positive yeah yeah uh, Certainly, th- th- in the case of Nexium, this is this is the one that that it like spurs all of the 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 kind of uh, the stuff you kind of make fun of and mock because it's so absurd and the spaceships and the oh the comet is coming for us and like all this it's got this is the one that had all the really really like Outrageous out there man. stuff and so it's very easy to write these people off. um I wanted to talk about uh, what you just mentioned about. Essentially, all religion, all organized religion, a- at the very least, starting as a cult. Some would Certainly say that it, being that it is still a cult of of sorts. This show is what because it references Waco at one point and uh-huh. um, Jonesboro and uh, as well and um, David Koresh, oh, and the yeah. branch Di- and the Branch Davidians. This is what spurred us to start watching Waco, and so we're now f- through four of of six. Of that miniseries. And um, in that little dramatization, they, they've got the guy that comes on the the local Waco radio show who essentially makes that great point where he's like, and he, he's some type of theologist or, or social scientist that, that studies cults as well. And I'm sure that this is based in, in something that actually happened or, or a guest that was actually on a radio show. But he basically says that like in his line of thinking, th- there. are their kind of thought is that well, actually, cults don't exist because nobody thinks that they're in a cult. Right. The only people that call something a cult is those that are not on the outside looking in. Part of the cult. Right. Nobody is like, oh yeah, I'm going to join a cult. Right. Which is something that we learn from all of these that for whether it's the vow or have really laid it out though like or or um or the Branch Davidians and and what happened at Waco like. And and something of the miniseries is doing a really nice job of showing. It's like all of those people that were following David Koresh and that were were living there in Waco, 100% bought in and believed. Just like you might believe in Christianity or somebody else might believe in Judaism, right? Right. right. Like, and so that, that, like, you guys don't think you're in a cult? Neither did they. Right. And so it's just this very, very interesting construct that the outsiders have created— to essentially label you as crazy, yes, and it, and 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 I'm not and saying somehow that the same and exact I'm not, parallels don't apply to religion, which right. is the interesting part. Yeah. And so I'm not saying that all the members of Heaven's Gate weren't kind of crazy, but like it's sure. just it is very much a uh, you know it's an A and a B thing, and 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 I just thought it was a great comment. Like nobody that is in a quote unquote what we're calling a cult thinks that they're in a cult. And if you think about the reasons
0: people seek out, people who are not raised religiously, that they seek out religion, it's because they're looking for structure, purpose, community. These are the exact same reasons people join cults. So it's there is very little difference and very many parallels that can be drawn in those re- religious theologists that they bring into an, an incredible job of really putting it out there for you without calling you a moron, which... It's nice for me as a person who's been raised <laughs> as, as a religious person and in the church. Yeah, um, but they really do like they get to a point where they're like every, you know, they explain that once was it T or dough? Who's the female? I think t- I, I always tea? forget a T. I'm pretty sure was the female. One of them died of tea cancer, died, yeah, which was dies. a massive problem for them explaining that they were extraterrestrials living in these uh, <laughs> suits uh, vehicles vehicles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he explains that every major religion has a moment where they shed everything that came prior. Because of something that was now a huge wrinkle or a problem for for Christianity, the the example given is that when Jesus Christ dies, uh, that the word Messiah inherently did not fit anymore. So they changed the definition, um, oh, and said it was the heavenly Father and the heavenly kingdom, and the kingdom's not on earth; it's in heaven, and none of that stuff had ever been said up until that point. Mm-hmm. Boom! That's a shift. Um, and that was again, it's just wildly. Entertaining because it's so interesting, but then it's very educational as well and it gets you to think about all these different things and really shows you, again, another angle of how people get sucked into situations like this and how if somebody at the top or multiple people in this case have too much power and influence, they can really abuse it and it can be very damaging Um, in the case of what we see here is a pretty big loss of life for for nothing man. Um these two people were not aliens it turns out. They <laughs> they were not living in vehicles and they don't wait like all that whatever. It's a, that's the thing you hear and you go that is crazy. Nothing nobody could sit down in front of me and go I'm an alien being. Heaven is in outer space and we are going to the next level. We're going to be picked up by an alien spacecraft and it's just us 30 40 people or whatever. And 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 that's heaven. We're going to go with the aliens to heaven and we'll be aliens together. <laughs> like that's bat shit crazy So it's like this This one is more It's easy to make fun of And then you start to get to know the people And you're like And you just You feel bad for them You, you feel bad for the whole situation And like That we live in a, in a society Where people end up Wanting so much That they That they can fall victim to Two loons Who are just like out here Playing with people's lives Like I haven't really gotten to like The why they're doing this yet I don't know if that even comes Like Why the fuck T and Doe were like because by the by the end with Rhaenyra, I'm like, oh, this is a horny loser who wanted to be able to manipulate women. At the end yeah. of the day, that was what he was in it for. With these two, I'm like, okay, they weren't were they not? They weren't having
1: sex. They were. What was this? It, it's it's a really good question for T, especially who you you never really figure out what her was. Yeah, like were. what was she getting at? Um, this other than with, the power with Doe, you you get the feeling that a lot of this boiled down to his inability to accept his sexuality that he was gay that he was gay
0: right because that
1: situation with the presbyterian with, preacher's and son his they and his, about. His, fa- his father was uh, was a presbyterian preacher got it got it and so he, he uh th- that seems to be it, th- a lot of this seems to be like his way of coping with his own sexual identity Certainly and like, telling everyone in the cult that they can't have recon- sex reconcile yes right the whole thing where they're all celibate and, yep. and then they have you gotten to the castration no. Yeah, yeah. They get castrated? So there's all No. Yeah, so there's there's <laughs> oh, Fuck. Man. Um yeah, Hate that yeah. for them, Barrett. Hate that for them. But yeah, really I have to close it out. I have oh, to yeah. watch the rest of it. it. It's mean...
0: uh fascinating and terrifying. But yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh it's uh, it's, uh, it's um
0: They really went for it with the aliens.
1: It's it's up there, man. It's 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 the all timers. It's like that. Waco, Jonesboro, and then Jonesboro, right? Like those are the kind of the three the three most big famous. Ones that, that at least all those are the three that end in like true tragedy and catastrophe. They also drive those three drive a
0: lot of the stereotypes we see in yes, cult leader yes. stories and yeah. concepts and television shows and movies as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? That's all I got today, man.
0: Right on. Well, I'm going to go finish Heaven's Gate. That will do it for today's episode of OCC, produced by Mariah Gossett and Mike Moody Garcia of Permanent Record Studios in Austin, Texas. Huge thanks to our sponsor today, Athletic Greens. Again, go to athleticgreens.com slash dragon and get your uh, year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs free today. Athleticgreens.com slash dragon and if you already have all the athletic greens your heart desires you can go to patreon.com slash oysters clams cockles to support the show directly in exchange for coverage of the sopranos ad-free companion podcasts for every single episode of the sopranos barrett and i are working our way through season one we're about to do episode eight this week uh the first seven are available now you don't have to have watched the sopranos before barrett's a first-timer You can have watched it before. I've seen it several times. We do every pod spoiler-free, discuss what occurred in that episode, and as it pertains to the information we already have from other episodes. It's been a blast so far, thoroughly enjoying it. Um, it, Look, we we made the first episode free on Patreon, so that anybody who's interested in maybe trying it can go listen to the first full ad-free hour of us discussing The Sopranos pilot, episode one, season one, from HBO, uh, right there on patreoncom slash oysters, clams, So go give it a listen today. If you enjoy it, ride the rest of the way with us. Join one of the tiers, whether it's the five-dollar Crustacean Nation or the ten-dollar Mollusk Militia, and get your uh, ad-free Sopranos content each and every week right there on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at oysters, clams, cockles, on Twitter at clams and cockles. And of course, facebook.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. I'm Ross Bolin, and you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at W-R-B-O-L-E-N and listen to my show, The Ross Bolin Podcast. Wherever you listen to OCC, we focus on mental health and humor with uh, new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, The Ross Bolin Podcast, also presented by Bolin Media. Mr. Dudley, where can we follow you and keep up with you on social media?
1: Check me out at Barrett Dudley across all of the platforms. Um, I'll be there. The platforms. Stay in your vehicle and keep Um, it healthy, Barrett. I'm going to stay in this vehicle. Keep it healthy with those athletic greens. As long as I possibly can. I'm going to treat it right with my athletic greens. I just call it my AG. I'm going to go continue my
0: celibate lifestyle so that I can make my way to these pure alien beings, man. (laughs) What a stupid idea. Until our next, uh, helping. Adios, muchachos.